As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at The Athletic, and I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty. What's up, Eric? What's up, Dave? Can you believe Chipper is 51 today, man? No, I was trying to think how old he was when I played with him, but he was he was 38, I think, or 39 the first year I played with him, but time flies. The kid, as he used to refer to himself. <laughs> time flies. I miss the kid, man. I get to Griffey see him at too. home games. He's like 55 now. Yeah. Chipper looks great, man. See him at home games. I mean, he doesn't look like a kid anymore, but. He was so much more pleasant after he was done playing. Chipper? Yeah, he's just so much more laid back. You know, I could t- <laughs> you could tell he handles everything well, but there was a lot of pressure on him for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had such a spotlight, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so much scrutiny. And a lot of it brought upon himself, and he'd be the first to admit that. Some of the stupid things he did off the field early on and all that, just on top of being, you know, one of the most talented five players in the league at the time, you know, and a brash personality. But it was all Two part decades. of Chipper. It was all part of the Chipper experience. Yep. He's beloved here, man. Yeah. You know, because he stayed here. Everybody knows he turned down a lot of money, could have gone elsewhere, stayed here, true to Atlanta's, lived here his whole, you know, since he went pro. Never moved back anywhere else. So, and he's an and he's such a straight shooter, and I think people appreciate that. I know I do, especially today. Yeah, exactly. With all the bullshit out there, he's like, yep, he's straight shooter, man. You know where you stand with him, yep. right? Right, Dusty. Jesus, Dusty, just like waited for us to start, jumped him. She, she knows she's a star, right, Dusty? All right, just like a kid. All right. Um, well, it was a rough weekend for the uh, Bravos, but you know what? It was almost bound to happen. The bullpen is tired. They're getting a couple of big guys back. They get they get Colin McHugh back, I think, today, if not today, tomorrow. Iglesias, they've gone out. People forget they've gone without their best reliever all year so far. Russell Iglesias is their best reliever. Yeah. He was the best reliever in the majors last year after the trade deadline, and he's been out since uh, the last week of spring training with the shoulder inflammation. He's going to be back for much longer. He's supposed to throw live BP today, which means not too far. I'd say a couple of weeks 
And uh, they really need them because that bullpen has been great this year, but they've rode a, a few guys really hard. How much work did he get in in spring training? Did he get in any games? Iglesias? Yeah. Yeah, he did before the shoulder thing. Okay, then yeah, he could be ready pretty quick. Yeah, he, he looked good before the shoulder thing. Um, yeah, I, they're, obviously they're they're being careful with him because once they get him back, they don't want to have any kind of a any kind of a relapse with this thing. So I think once he gets back, he should be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the bullpen has done a phenomenal job, but this weekend they did not. I mean they had not. They were thirteen and zero when they scored first in games before losing back to back games like that Saturday and Sunday, and they hadn't even blown a lead. They hadn't even lost a game in which they led. Uh, I think before Friday. So they've done it three times now. So they, uh, I, I don't think it's anything for people to get all, you know, freaked out about. Yeah, you got a few guys slumping right now. That was bound to happen. You had everybody going at once. It kind of lulls you because you have everybody going at once and you think that's going to happen all year, but it's not. It's not realistic. And remember, the Astros were sub 500 before they came to town. Yeah. And the Astros are damn good. Yeah, they're so not the going to stay still that way. Four, yeah. I mean, the Braves are still 14 and what? 14 and eight? So, yeah, it's uh, the only weird thing to me, and it's still really small sample size, is the home road thing. But a lot of that has to do with six of, of, of uh, or seven of your home games came against the Padres and the Astros. And the Astros. Yeah. And you only had one gimme home series against the Reds, and they swept the Reds, which they should have done. But they only won one of those other seven games against the Padres and Astros. And what stinks is seven sellouts this year already. Those seven against the Padres and Astros. <laughs> they've lost the last six of those oh, games. Sucks. They won opening day against the Padres. They've lost seven, they've lost six in a row sellouts. That's like 41,000 or more. And they've lost them all. Which which, yeah, if you're a Braves player, if you're a Braves front office person, if you're a Braves ticket person, you're going damn because you hate getting all those people in this incredible atmosphere and then sending them home. You know, a lot of people went to every one of those games, the sell season ticket, and you send them home with a loss in each of those game, big games that everybody's keyed up for. Yeah, but they're going to get – it's not going to keep happening like that. Right. They'll go on a run where they'll win all those games, you know? Yeah. That's the beauty of baseball, man. Everybody always forgets it's so hard because you're coming off football season. It's so hard to, to adjust. Keep, yeah. To adjust to 10 games equals one football game, one NFL yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> as far as percentage of a season, 10 games. So one weekend against the Astros is the equivalent of just over one quarter of one of football game. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, um, it's like that in the baseball season, trying to remember how long it is. And, you know, you, you analyze all this stuff and people get worked up over it and, and players ride the wave too sometimes. But, you know, if you're, if you're a smart player, you're able to take any rough week or weekend or a reliever giving up a four spot or blowing a couple saves and just know that, you know, it's about the overall body of work and you got all kinds of time. And it, it's fortunate that, you know, as a player, if if you have that ride the roller coaster mindset, those are the guys who get destroyed by a long season. Mm-hmm. And you need lots of guys in the clubhouse that just know how to stay even keel for one sixty two, and you're going to be fine. Unfortunately, they have a lot of guys like that have been yeah. through this, and a lot of guys that have been not a lot, but some guys that have been on the last two teams that started out, you know, that were under five hundred 
through 20 games or 18 games. And last year's game, 10 team was 10 and a half back back at the end of May. So they, you know, they don't have to look far to talk to people to know that this means nothing, you know, three games. Yeah. You want to win those games, but it's not, it's not a big setback, you know, um, they just got to get they got to get some guys going again. You know, Olsen, Riley, they were carrying helping carry the offense early. They're both slumping right now. Uh, the only guy that has maintained from that top three that has maintained, kept doing what he's been doing is Acuna, who's playing like an MVP right now. He's been phenomenal, just phenomenal. He's uh, the the difference in this year versus last year. Yeah, you know, Nine if you down. tried if you tried to sell him last year as the most talented player in the game, you'd get some pushback. Right. But watching him this year, I don't think anybody can watch. I mean, half the stuff, every inning almost, it feels like he does something, whether it's throwing a ball in yeah. the outfield or getting on base and stealing a bag. And stealing a bag and they can't even throw it. You know, yeah. it's lob it back to the pitcher. Like that bag's taken. Uh, he's just, I mean, it's night and day. And it's it, it's like it's so easy to forget in this game. Just like Soroka. If Soroka comes back and he's himself again, how easy it is, is it to forget how fucking how great he was? Yeah. When he came up and Acuna is the same way. You know, you get to watch him for a few years, be the most dynamic player in the game. And then last year he's probably playing at 65%. He's still good, but you see him at a hundred percent this year. And it's just, it's another level. The guy's stolen 12 bases and only been caught four, uh, two times, 14 attempts, 12 stolen bases. Nobody else in the majors is in double digits yet. I really want him to get to 40, 40. That'd just be cool to watch. Yeah. I don't, you know, he's got three homers now, but he's yeah. had a couple other warning track shots. I mean, the 40's not out of the question at all. He'll just, he'll get on one of those rolls where he has to over two weeks. Right, exactly. So, um, but right now, he is one off the major league leader run scored. He's got 20 runs in 22 games. He's got 11 RBIs, batting leadoff. He is hitting, he's second in the majors, qualified hitters, 374. Behind Arras, Arras, the defending AL batting title guy who's doing the same thing with Miami. Arras might go from leading for winning batting title in the AL to winning in the NL the next year. Has anybody ever done that? I don't think so. I think I saw a stat the other day. I don't think it's happened. Uh, big thing about Cunha, too, 455, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, 452 OBP. Which, He's having good at bats. Great at bats. He really is, especially in the first inning. He's only got yeah. two strikeouts in the first inning all year. Which, you know, having his legs back and having his bat speed back and his power back, you're just that much less likely to chase a pitch that you don't feel like you have to get started early or cheat to anything. And when yeah. he's locked in, he doesn't. His hands are so quick. He is 10th uh, in the majors in OPS 1,012, just behind teammate Sean Murphy. It was ninth at uh, 1,033. So yeah, those guys are those guys have continued the same pace. Uh, Murphy got hot, and he's been he's been the hottest guy lately, and uh, along with Acuna. But um, you wanted to talk uh, yesterday. You messaged me when it happened about yesterday. Uh, Mentor did a great job early on, as you know, until the until uh, several games recently. Mentor had, has been filling in for Iglesias at closer. It's done a really good job, but it's. I think we've been we've been reminded that Mentor is is maybe the best one of the best setup guys in a majors, no doubt. But the closer role is unique, man, and not everybody can excel in that for the course of a year. And I think Mentor's fine in the closer role, but he's not a closer. He's a, he's a setup guy. And, uh, and and yesterday he comes up against Alvarez in a really big situation. 
comes in eighth inning, bases are loaded They with two outs. The Astros had loaded the bases against Nick Anderson. Bring in, Nick, bring in Mentor, lefty-lefty, to face Alvarez with the Braves leading 2-0. And what ensued? Well, I, I wouldn't say he can't be a closer, but, but I think there's a, a, a an area he can get better, and it's those. Alvarez is a tough matchup for him because Alvarez is one of those lefties that's not phased by the angle, and he stays in there on the breaking ball. He stays uh-huh. on it. He can, you know, he's got the comfort of being able to drive the ball out to left center if he needs to. Um, and so for AJ, this is what I learned. After my first three years in the big leagues, when I faced the really tough lefties like a Joey Votto, Todd Helton, uh, David Ortiz, these guys that stayed on the breaking ball, uh-huh. you have to be able to tie them up inside. And everything AJ throws goes away from Alvarez. His right. fastball, his four seamer, you know, it's got a little baby cut to it, and then he throws the hard cutter. And that is something that if you throw that that combo, if you're left-handed, you got a good fastball, good breaking ball like AJ does you're going to get 90% of lefties out by default. Uh-huh. But then these certain lefties come up that aren't phased by it, like a Joey Votto or Adrian Gonzalez was really good at it. And those are the guys that you have to be able to run something in on their hands and keep them honest. Mm-hmm. And that's the one pitch that, you know, he has the change up to righties. Right. So he does fine against righties because he could tie them up inside, tie them up inside, and then flash them that change up. And that keeps him honest. But he doesn't have that in on the hands, belt high, you know, sinker or something he could throw in there against those lefties. So, I mean, he's, he's an awesome freaking reliever. There's no doubt you can nitpick this little thing all day, but, but if, if I were him against a guy like Alvarez, you have to tie him up inside. And if you watch those at bats, it was like, he, he really didn't have anywhere to go against Alvarez. You know, Alvarez was on every pitch and then he finally made a mistake and he got him twice. To your point, Alvarez, who's hardly a typical hitter. Right. He had six homers and 900 OPS this season, which is actually down quite a bit from last season yeah. when he had he had 306 with, what, 37 bombs, I think, last year. He had 1,019 OPS last year, finished third in the AL MVP behind Judge and Otani. I mean, this guy's a monster. That's okay. tough break being in the league with those two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, Alvarez, again, to your point, is hitting better against lefties than righties this year. Yep. He's hitting 370 with 1,083 OPS and 27 ABs against lefties. Yeah, I haven't looked up AJ splits. I want to look them up, but I, you know, it, it's kind of the same thing. You get so many just layup lefties. Uh-huh. Like I would get to face them all the time. Those bottom of the order lefties. If you just throw them a good slider, they just struggle with the angle, and you get them out. But when he's in that at bat against a guy like Alvarez, who isn't phased by the angle and actually likes the angle, he likes right. that ball going away from him. You know, like a righty sinker. He right. likes that. So I would guess when righties get Alvarez out, it's either fastballs up in the zone or back foot sliders. And, and this is the first guy Mentor's facing coming out of the pen with the bases loaded. So he can't yeah. even like pitch around him, you know, and be right. careful with him. Right. So it's for me more than anything, AJ just got put in a tough spot. He's got to be the guy there. It's, it's not a, it's just unfortunate. You know, if he would have come in against a different part of the Astros lineup two days in a row, we might even not even be talking about the bullpen at all. And they were resting, by the way, Dylan Lee yesterday. Yep. Everybody was wondering why Danny Young was in there in the ninth inning. Dylan Lee was resting. It was down. Snit, uh, to his credit, when he's got a guy as a sign, he's down today. He doesn't get uh, he doesn't get anxious <laughs> or, or nervous and go, I know I told you you're off today, but we really need you here. He doesn't do that. And Dylan Lee, they're being careful because you saw what happened. Dylan Lee and Chavez were both like 
tied for the major league lead in, in appearances at one oh. point, like a week ago. Each of them had pitched in over half the Braves games, like 10 out of 19 games. Yeah. Chavez gets lit up in that next time out. Dylan Lee, I think he's pitched great. He hasn't had one of those out, those outings yet. And I think Snit wants to make sure, because this guy's too valuable. He is. So, and so he was down the last two days. That's why you see Danny Young in there in a tie game of the ninth inning and just blew up on him. But um, and this A.B. Uh, mentor against Alvarez, he goes to one-and-one one against him, throws him a one-and-one one cutter that was down and away, yeah. and Alvarez scorched it. Yeah. Two-run line drive single with two out. I mean, that's pretty special. It's just a comfortable bat for him because of how it's – you have it. In in baseball, you have guys that just match up well against you, you know, and that's that's what I mean is it's just – it's not the best at bat for, for A.J. stuff. I mean, he might even – the, the the really hard part is if you get burned lefty lefty changeup, you look like an idiot because it, it's yeah. everybody said it forever. It's a down and in lefty swing. You can't throw it in there. There's not a lot of room for error. But even just bouncing one middle in, you know, just throwing him anything off that angle coming into him might mess him up. But when it's just all going away, he's so comfy just leaning out and either hooking that slider or going with the fastball to left center that he's not doing a lot to to really make him uncomfortable. AJ said, it's just frustrating. That's all it is. Going back, I don't know what I could change. I just went out there and made some pretty good pitches. That's baseball. I know y'all probably want a better answer than that. I wish I could give you one. I wish I knew. I can't be too discouraged about it because I thought I made some pretty good pitches. The ball was just hit where we weren't. Just got to chalk that one up and be ready to go when Snick calls my name tomorrow to be ready to pitch. Yeah, and you have to have that mindset. You can't be sitting there beating yourself up or as good as AJ's been, have a couple bad games and start changing things. Because the stuff he's throwing up there, I mean, if he throws it up there all year, he's going to have a good season. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What made it rough was uh, obviously it's a series finale at home um, and, and you get swept and you blew a great start by Max Freed, yeah. who that's the encour- most encouraging thing of the day was that's two in a row for Freed since he came off the IL. And as Snit said, Max is back. I mean, 
you know, just like when he came off the aisle in 21, he came back from that stronger than he'd been before. He'd only made one start opening day before this one, but he looked fantastic the last two, yeah. especially yesterday. Uh, he went uh, six and two-thirds scoreless yesterday, three hits, three walks, five strikeouts, lowered his ERA to 0.60. That's two scoreless starts since he came back from the IL. Yeah, and he's bouncing off the mound, too. That hamstring's not bothering him. You know, there was a ball to – Third base, I think Riley came up with, but Max almost got there. It was kind of a chopper to Riley at third. And Max, I just, I'm always shocked how much ground Max covers off the mound. Yeah. He's a good athlete. Uh, Mentor, he came in, allowed the two inherited runners to score, and then he gave up three runs in the ninth. Uh, because they brought in Danny Young after Mentor just couldn't get anybody out. He, he struck out. Let's see. Did he get, uh, he gave up a infield hit, or, or I'm sorry, ground ball single to start ninth, then got a strikeout looking, then walked a guy, then got another strikeout, then gave up a two out hit. This was a hurt. This one hurt to uh, uh, Corey Jolks, who was pinch hitting, which uh, drove in a run. Then they brought in Danny Young. Danny Young hits the first guy. I think it was leg back of the back foot. One of those. Uh, then gives up a two run single to Bregman, who. You know, can do that to you if you're, especially if you're not an experienced guy. I mean, that yep. was just that's a rough spot for Danny Young to be in. He's he was in over skis, man. That's just not what he's done. He's, he doesn't have that experience in his career. He's a 29 year old rookie. Yeah, and that's for me. That's where I give Snick credit. And it's like what you talked about, not using Dylan Lee or or beating somebody else up there. Right. I think it's it's easy, you know, in a vacuum to to ask why in the world did you make this move, but, right? And he got ripped, and he knew he'd get ripped on social media and all that. That's what I love about him is he doesn't care if he gets ripped, and that pays off over 162. Right. When your bullpen's fresh in August, nobody's going to look back at this game and when the the bullpen's lights out and goes on a tear and carries you for a month in August. Nobody's going to look back and be like, oh, now I remember remember this game. I'm I'm glad he rested these guys and didn't beat them up. But – even as a reliever, you know, there was plenty of times in my career where I was supposed to be down or I was emergency only. And then the game sped up on a manager and you're the first guy. Yeah. To pen. And that more than anything, then you don't even get to enjoy your days off. You don't yeah. even get to throw light. You know, you, they tell you you're down today and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I'm down or not. I might as well long toss and treat it like a game. You don't recover as much. So it over the full season, carrying that stress, and throwing a little extra on those days kind of tallies up on you. And I think that that that's where having a manager, an experienced manager, a manager who's on a multi-year deal, or a manager who doesn't really give a crap, you know. He doesn't about, care. Yeah, it's, he's got the gravitas. He's like he's got, got a multi-year deal. And if his career ended tomorrow, it was a hell of a career, you know. But he's not one of these guys that's on a one-year deal or trying to prove himself or is listening to all the guys in analytics, making all the moves based on that, nothing else. He's got a feel for his bullpen. His, and he trusts his bullpen coach to talk each day to all the relievers and tell them exactly where they are, you know, and get to, to have the trust of those relievers to be honest about, you know, I'm a little bit tired today. I mean, I'll take the ball if you want me to take it. I could use a mm-hmm. day, that kind of thing. It's just a whole dynamic that they have that over the course of 162 is really crucial to managing a bullpen. It really is, and it's it's something that never gets appreciated and kind of goes overlooked, but I could tell you his relievers appreciate it. 
and and if, and the irony is that the guys who get credited for running great bullpens, and and in many cases they do run a great bullpen, beat the are, shit out of their pens, are based solely on the moves they make within a game. They brought in this guy to face this guy. Nothing to do with are they giving the guys proper rest and all that, you know? Yeah, and then when their bullpen falls apart, you know, late in the season, the relievers just suck. Nobody looks back at their usage in April, May, and, yeah. and June. Our guy has TJ the next year, you know, in spring That's training, right. you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked up AJ. I can't find his batting average against, but he's got a 2.4 whip against lefties and a, and a 0.96 against righties. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's surprising. Um, as I said, Brace could activate McHugh today. No announcement yet as of this recording, but I think it's coming. Uh, if not today, then tomorrow. He's made two appearances. He's the last one at Rome, by the way, three scoreless. He went three innings. That's how efficient he was. Did it like 30 pitches, 34 pitches, something like that. So he's ready. I mean, he wasn't even – he could have kept pitching at the time. Where was he pitching? Rome. Yeah, you I throw his breaking ball and A ball. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like pitching against little leaguers. Yeah. So he wasn't hurt bad when he went out at all. He could have kept pitching with that, but it was a combination of of a little sore and needing to make a mechanical adjustment because he didn't pitch much in spring training at all. So yeah. that was that was the thing with him. So people don't have to really worry about that recurring. Um they uh, getting those two backs going to be huge. Chavez, like I said, pitched. He's been tremendous. Ten appearances before he got lit up. He hadn't given up a run, and then he gives up three without recording an out in his eleventh appearance. I'm that outing in San Diego was kind of a warning sign. I don't know if you, yeah, paid attention to that inning or not, but there was a lot of hard hit balls. Yeah, that just found the glove, you know, and yep, I kind of saw that one and thought, shit, okay, he's been getting pitched a lot, but again, it's like. If you're snit, you know he's one guy that isn't going to cry about it. You know, yeah, if he, if he pitches too much, he'll keep taking the ball. You beat him up and he blows out this year, he'll just ride off into the sunset. So he's a little different than a guy like Minner or Dylan Lee right. as far as usage. Uh, just alluding to our, our circling back to that home road thing. Braves are four and six. And, and I know this is a small sample size. So that's, but take this with a grain of salt or. Bucket of salt, but the Braves are four and six with a 5.04 ERA at home, ranks 24th in the majors. That's ahead of only the Red Sox, Reds, Royals, Rockies, White Sox, and A's, most of the dregs of the majors. But as I said, seven of their home games came against uh, seven of those 10 against the Padres and Astros. So on the road, though, the Braves are 10 and two with a 2.12 ERA that leads the majors. The Cubs, 2.42, are the only other team with a sub three ERA on the road. Two of those series against the Nationals in Kansas City, two dregs. But he also had six games at Cardinals in San Diego, St. Louis and San Diego. So it's not like they're just doing it all against a bunch of crappy teams. Yeah. So it anyway, doesn't always right. have to make sense. I mean, it, no, for, it doesn't I mean, make sense. For majority of my career, I pitched better on the road. I, yeah. I mean, it didn't make I, – I love the Turner Field mound. My favorite mound in the game. Didn't pitch as well off it. You know, and it, it never really seemed to add up or make any sense. I couldn't find any rhyme or reason to it, but hopefully you know, didn't like that mount. The slope of it. Some other guys didn't like that mount. I loved it. I, it was my favorite mount, but I just I didn't pitch as well at home. You know, it didn't make any sense. Right. But I would say it's a little bit bigger deal when it's you know you're 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 the, the whole team's doing it when you're losing at home because that's where you want to do your damage. You know, you you're always trying to yeah. split on the road. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. If you kick everybody's ass on the road yep. and battle at home, then it's you're a weird team, but it doesn't it doesn't right. affect you. 
Right. And we'll look at this halfway through the season. It's right. way, way yeah. too early to draw any conclusions because that's all that takes is a few really bad games and your ERA is up where it is. So, yeah. uh, but it's also, it's not just pitching, it's both sides of the ball. I mean, the Braves have hit 240 with a 717 OPS at home, 16th in the majors. Here's a weird one they've only got nine homers and 110 strikeouts, 40 runs in 10 games at home. That's four runs a game. 110 strikeouts in 10 games at home. Hmm. That's 11 strikeouts a game. <laughs> yeah. Nine homers, less than one a game. On the road, Braves have hit 263 with an 800 OPS. That ranks third in the majors, third best. They've hit 21 homers, struck out 104 times in 12 games on the road. So nearly two game, two homers a game on the road. Scored 66 runs on the road. So 5.5 runs per game on the road, four at home. Yeah, go figure. I mean, it's a weird game. Yeah. I mean, you can point to lots of things, and I would think about a lot of things. You know, there's there's less distractions on the road. There's less Especially going for on. young guys. Yep. And guys with two or three kids. Yeah. And you get <laughs> yeah. to. I mean, for me, toward the end of my career, once I had kids, is the road was just. I would yeah. double deadbolt that hotel room door, black out the curtains, and sleep till eleven. Feel great by the time I got to the park. But you got a couple of guys. kids waking you up at four in the morning because they're hungry or can't yep. sleep or, you know, if a kid crawls in the bed with you, my, my five-year-old keeps getting in the bed with us and he dreams like crazy. So he's shuffling, jumping around the bed and wakes you up all night. You feel like you might as well have been out drinking. And I think what, uh, and I think those huge, they've had great crowds, man. I think yeah. those huge home crowds, excited crowds are going to really help them over the course of 162. But early on, it's probably pretty easy to get geeked up, maybe a little bit up. too geeked up, yeah. especially young pitchers who haven't pitched much in such situations like that. Especially young guys. You know, I think that, that early on in your career, there's there's a thing about letting the home crowd down, you know, and it, it, trying to do too much in those big situations. Um, you go on the road and yeah, yeah, everybody's against you, but you're not letting anybody down, but in the, the atmosphere of it, but your teammates and you yeah. learn to just focus on your teammates as your career goes on and the game at hand, but it's pretty easy to get amped up at home, especially with those crowds. They have crazy crowds. Yeah. Yeah. They've had in- incredible crowds. Uh, Snet on Dylan Lee. We had him off the last two days. He had thrown, I think like 10 out of 18 days, something like that. We just got to be careful with these guys. They've carried a big load so far, Dylan, especially to his credit. He's been very efficient as far as his pitches, but we got a long way to go. And at some point in time, you just got to stay away from them and let the other guys do it because there's going to be a lot of important games before we're done. So we've just got to be careful with that. Uh, more on protecting the bullpen. I asked him about that. He said 17 games in a row. They play 17 in a row. In, they started after that off day on Thursday. And then they're three games into that stretch. He said, that's tough. And these guys have done an unbelievable job. We played three weeks without any of these hiccups, and they're going to happen. It's going to give other guys in that bullpen opportunities in high-leverage situations. And in the long run, it could end up being a good thing because when you're playing 17 in a row, you have to use everybody. But yeah. We're going to get Colin back soon, and Iggy's throwing live BP tomorrow, today. So he's getting the, he's climbed, kind of climbing a mountain to get back. So we've got options, and we're just going to fight through it. Yeah, you know, those situations that you don't – really get to sniff as a reliever if you're a young guy or a rookie you don't get better at them without getting in them yeah yeah you know it's it sucks when a game gets blown open like sunday but at the same time the next time you get to pitch in that situation you're able to control yourself and and you know it's it's like your major league debut you can't control it and 
handle those emotions until you've pitched in two, three, four, five major league games, and then it starts to feel normal. But when you're only pitching mop-up duty, you know, there's a different vibe in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Max said, uh, you know, they blew the lead. Max said, I felt really confident handing over to the bullpen. They've been doing an incredible job all year, just one of those games playing a really good team. These guys, talking about the relievers, have picked us up big time, especially when us starters were only going, like me, for instance, only went into the fourth inning. We were having a lot of not even five in and outings, and they really picked us up. They're a big reason we have the record that we do. We're still extremely confident in those guys. And that's the kind of vibe they've had, you know, in the last few years that uh, – Never any finger pointing starters no. looking at relievers like you know are off the record rolling their eyes none of that that and that that's where you can tell they got good chemistry when those guys really are sincere about that kind of thing and they do point out the bullpen when the when the starters were really struggling earlier and get leaving it we we talked about this the pin was going like five innings a night we're like they can't do that keep doing that for yep. too long yeah yeah it's funny chemistry and, and clubhouse vibe and just having good dudes in the clubhouse Kelly was on here week or so ago and Kelly said something about you know you're with energy you know you're either you're either giving energy or you're taking energy you're either bringing it you know you're making it or taking it he said something like that and I held on to it and I've applied it to my daily life you know if I go to play golf or I go to a situation where everybody's kind of beat up from life and uh-huh. you know their kids are a lot and they're down you know you show up and start cracking jokes and have a good vibe you bring everybody up with you and that's kind of what I think the Braves have had I don't even know how many years now but this whole terror they've been on five years in a row, um, their vibe overall, they all just bring each other up. There's like you said, there's no finger pointing and that's how you get through that 162 game season. AJ was talking about getting McHugh and Iglesias back. He said, I mean, we're already a strong bullpen. Having those two guys back is going to be a game changer. I believe we've done a terrific job just holding down the fort without those two guys, but we're definitely excited to have them back. Uh, they're going to be a big piece moving forward. And on the Astros, Astros have been, I think, the best team in baseball scoring from the seventh inning and later. I think Kelly Cruel pointed that out. Uh, and uh, Mentor said they don't give up, and that's what it takes to be a World Series champion. That's what that's what they were, but so are we. And we're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. We're still in good position. I'm still it's still early in the season. I'd rather take being in this position than where we were last year at this point. We're in a good spot. Yeah, and the Braves do the same thing. You know, they they fought to make something happen yesterday. It just didn't work. But you could still see that, that they're not going up there. It's really easy after a reliever comes in and, and opens it up to three-run lead. I mean, how yeah. many times do you see the team just go out there, ground out, ground out, strike out on about eight pitches, game over? Because you know you're probably losing. But the Braves don't do that, and it, it plays out over a long season. He, uh, he also said, talking about Alvarez, what we were talking about earlier, uh, getting to that cutter outside, uh, really on outer, almost on the outer edge of the zone. He said he's a big dude. He has long arms. He likes the breaking ball away. You just have to expand a little bit more, and he will chase it. What I was trying to do there, I was trying to throw a ball there, and I wanted it down. That's all I was trying to do to set up the fastball for the next pitch. Unfortunately, he got to it. It's frustrating because I executed what I wanted to do. It just didn't put it. Just didn't put him away. Yeah, Alvarez is one of those guys that's just too big for baseball. You know, it's like anybody else hits that pitch. Like the ball he hit out off of AJ, anybody else hits that pitch, it's to the track. And you yeah. you take a deep sigh and say, oh, I got away with one. But with him being as giant as he is, it he's just a monster. 20 feet and it's a home run. He's a monster, man. Um, one uh, but it's it, Don't want to look past this one because he did it the day after our last show. But Bryce Elder, man, in the series opener, 
you talk about one of the most encouraging developments of their early season has been this guy who got optioned to AAA midway through spring training. He's come up and done exactly what he did last year in those five starts late in the season, which, you know, everybody got excited about the rookies who were battling for that fifth spot in spring training. And he and Elder and Anderson got optioned down. Anderson subsequently got hurt to have TJ, but Elder has come back and just kept doing exactly what he did last year. But he pitched in the series opener against the Astros, six innings, five hits, one run, one walk. That's really key for him. And six strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, you talk about a guy that makes the most of what he's got. He's up there, array of pitches, all of which he'll throw to anybody just about at any time and locate well. Yeah. He yeah. runs into his strikeouts, but he's pitching to contact and he's being aggressive, which is that's what we talked about with Dodd, you know, early on. And Schuster was nibbling, you know, getting behind, being a pitching away from contact and getting yourself into those positions where you either walk him or throw a cookie. Yeah. Elder's the opposite. And and that's why he's a guy that they need to look to and say, this is how I have to do it. You know, if I'm going to get hurt, I'm getting hurt early with a strike, but I'm not going to let these guys see five or six pitches and get into yeah. a three, one count. Yeah. Soroka has pitched really well the last couple of times out of triple a, but right now, I mean, elder is not going anywhere. If he keeps no. pitching like this, I mean, Soroka can't pitch better than elder is right now. So something will happen. It always takes care of itself. Somebody will have a strain of this or that. And, uh, Soroka's going to get his opportunity. I'm just I, it's so good to see Soroka pitching well in AAA. Just keep yeah. doing that and be ready when they need him. Yeah. Um, but Snit on that elder outing, he said that because they had two or three guys on the first inning, and that's when he gave up his only run. He got out of the jam though. He said that first inning, I was thinking, oh man, this could go either way. This yep. is Snit. He said I, he did a great job limiting damage there, and then it's like he gets going, he gets in his rhythm, and gets on a roll, and just feels like the strike fills the strike zone up. And the stuff's good. He said it's great what he's doing. He's just been very consistent, kind of like he gets locked in there and focused. He works quick. The stuff's really good. It's good to see. I'm trying to remember who – oh, it was Leak. Do you remember the pitcher Leak with the Reds? Yeah. Mike Leak? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of – That is. That's a good comp. Yeah. So, for me, I remember watching Leak just – he diced us up one day, and I asked Eric Kinski after the game. I was like, what, what's making that guy so good? He goes, everything's tight. You know, and that's what I feel about Elder. It's not – you don't see these big sweeping breaking balls or 97 flying yeah. across the zone. It doesn't look crazy on TV, but everything's crisp and he makes pitches. That's a great it, comp. I remember yeah. that late guy. I yeah. remember him when he was on a big roll, Leak was. You looked at the numbers and then you saw him pitch and you're like, does it do – 90. Yeah, you're so used to looking at the gun and seeing what a guy's doing and something being obvious, whether it's spin rate or, uh, or velo, and he didn't yeah. have those things like Elder yeah. doesn't really. He's just everything's crisp. It's tight, tight movement. You know, I mean, a breaking ball that, that moves, say, I can't do it on the hairs all messed up, but it, it, you know, five inches. Yeah. But it's late and tight. That messes hitters up just as much as that big sweeping breaking ball. And so when you watch him pitch, you know, it's he's got tight sink, he's got a tight uh, breaking ball, and he makes pitches and he fills up the zone. You, you can do really well like that without lighting up the gun. Elder was talking about the difference in him last year and uh, and asked him, is he just better equipped to limit the damage than he when he first came up last year and he was walking too many guys? And he said, I think 100%. I know there was a walk there at the end of my outing this Friday, but just forcing them to beat me and not beat myself. I think mm-hmm. I did that a lot last year, beat himself. I think I did, I did okay. It was good, 
but it was just kind of holding myself back with throwing pitches out of the zone and try to trick them rather than just beat them in the zone. This year I've been able to get out to the zone and trust myself and roll it out there. That's what I always tell, especially young guys, but I always tell guys, it's like, if you're going down, go down in flames. You know, let, let's not walk one at a time. If there's two on, challenge the guy, make a tough pitch. If he hits it, he hits it. You know, you go down with your pride. But yeah, when you start nibbling and getting behind, the hitters can smell that fear and they just get comfy, sit back and wait for something they can do some damage on. They usually do. And and Austin Rada was talking about Elder, what makes him so good. He's got, He said he's got three good pitches and he locates. I firmly believe if you locate the ball, it doesn't matter how hard you throw, what you throw, you're going to get outs if you locate. He's going. He's going. He's doing that right now. So it's been fun to watch. Yeah, and he's a nice. You know, he's a nice mix. You got Charlie throwing ninety-seven. You got Max Lefty doing his thing. Strider's throwing one hundred and seventy uphill. Yeah. <laughs> then you have it's it's a nice compliment to the rest of the pitching staff to have a come a guy come in and just spot up and and, yeah. and kind of dice guys a little bit. Um, just getting back to. Uh, uh, Acuna, because I had put down some stats for it. The, the thing that amazes me about Acuna is what he's doing leading off. In, when we talked about how Snit would be crazy to move him out of the leadoff role, and Snit's not going to. He learned that last year or two years ago when he tried briefly. Acuna, whatever there is about him that gets him so locked in, unlike anybody else in the majors, leading off games, leading off the first inning. He got another hit yesterday. He is 13 for 20. He's hitting 650 leading off the first inning. Four doubles, a homer, two walks, just two strikeouts, 1682 OPS. And in the first inning, he's had six deals and seven attempts. He's just such a tough guy to face leading off the game. He, I mean, nobody starts – No starters don't go in the game wanting to pitch somebody careful. Yeah. But you know he can take you deep, and if you walk him, you know he can swipe a bag off you. Yeah, I mean, I think of like Alfonso Soriano when in his prime when when he could do that and yep. run. You know, yep. he's, he's, it's kind of like, yeah, it'd be it just doesn't work for whatever reason, like you said, in the three or four hole. But I think he just feeds off of being the guy leading off the game. I think it it gets his it gets his energy right. I think Soriano was the best comp in the last ten years to to Acuna too, as far as being one of the fastest two or three guys in the game when he's healthy, like he is now having as much power, natural power, generate that power despite being under 200 pounds. Yep. I mean, he had some 450 feet, like he almost swung like a, He swung a huge bat too. Yep, yep. And they were wiry strong. Soriano was even ripped more. Yep. You know, it's just noticeable. Uh, but really, really similar guys with athleticism, just off the charts athleticism. But yep. uh Acuna was just born to play baseball, man. This guy's uh, it's just a terrific athlete, too. Have you ever seen uh, the video of him dunking? Yeah, he doesn't even know how to jump. He jumps exactly. with both. You know, any if you watch any two-foot jumper, when they're going to approach the rim, they angle their feet. Yeah. I saw him dunk, and he ran at the hoop with both feet facing directly at the hoop, jumped up two-handed, <laughs> and dunked it. It's like he probably – that video of him dunking, he's probably got another four or five inches if he angles his feet. Just a tremendous athlete. Yeah. Man. Really is. People – and I, and I think it's great people appreciate it, too, watching him. It's not like they don't. They do appreciate pure athleticism, which you're seeing from him, on top of the swagger and all that. So in his case, the swagger might help because it gets him noticed, and I think it's great that people can see how great this – how special this guy is. I mean, he's yeah. just, <laughs> you're seeing – it's like Austin Riley. We asked him about, about him leading off, what makes him so good in the first inning. And uh, Austin Riley said, for one, Ronald is a generational player. He's unbelievable, and he's healthy. You're seeing that right now. 
yeah, I just, I can't get over, you know, it's not like I forgot last year, you know, I knew who I was watching, but you're wondering, is he going to be the same? And yeah. then you see him and sure. he's the same. And you're like, Fuck, I forgot just how you forget how extreme his athleticism is when he's locked in. I mean, it's easy to question that. It's because the guy blows out at ACL. In this day and age, most guys return from that at close to 100% or 100%. But it's not like it's not a given. Right. You know? Just like it's not a given as much as people think it is about TJ. Um, the ACL, even more so, though, is, is even more of a question mark. It's, I mean, the TJ probably, for guys getting it in the younger in their careers, is probably in the high 90 percentile now that people return pretty close to what they were or as good or better because they strengthen everything around it, shoulders and all that. ACL is a little different than that. It's not like you're strengthening everything around your knee, you know? Yeah, and then you put so much more force into that joint than than throwing. Right, and you got to get by the psychological stuff that Acuna dealt with last year when he was scared to push that and plant and make those throws he's making now and take every extra base and steal and, you know. You know how many guys, do you know how many guys would have shut it down? Or, or taking more time. Like he wanted to play and he played through that last year. And, yeah. And for your pride yeah. too, it's, it's not easy going out there in the major leagues at 70% and having guys get you out that shouldn't be getting you out or not getting the balls. You should be in the outfield on the big stage. Everybody's watching, you know, and not being able to show who, you know, you are uh, for fighting through that season and wanting to be out there every day. Anyway, he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. It's like Smith said, none of us really, I don't think we realized how much he was going through. Yeah. He was hurting a lot. Yep. And, yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, Braves have got a chance here like they did last time when they went through a little bit of a rough patch. They got a chance to get it right, like kind of like the Reds after they played the Padres at home. They've got the Marlins coming in for four before they t- have a big series or highly anticipated series first of the year against the Mets up in New York. And I think with Scherzer dropping his uh, appeal of that 10-game suspension, I he think that makes suspended. it – yeah, he got suspended 10 games. He did. And I think him dropping that appeal makes him eligible. I, didn't, I counted it up for the last game of that series against the Braves. So I don't think it's probably coincidence that he dropped that appeal and, and just serve it and, and pitch the final against the Braves in that series. So he doesn't so, miss that series, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the Braves got a chance to really get uh, to get healthy again this week. And uh, with the four against the Marlins, they should win at least three of them. I mean, there's no excuse otherwise. Uh, even Alcantara right now is, is is not nearly what he was a year ago. It's still great, obviously, but he's yep. not the he, he's not off to the kind of start he was a year ago. Uh, their pitching isn't quite as deep as it was because last year, even if even if they were struggling, if you ran up against the right pitchers on that team, you might be lucky to score a run or two with the starting pitchers yeah. they have, and, and they're not right there right now. So um, I never trust the Marlins. You know, I mean, that's the team you do not want to look past because yeah, no doubt they sneak up on you a lot. So. Um, and Chisholm is off to a rough start too. They haven't been center field and he's not hitting like he, you know, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to explode here pretty soon, but right now he, <laughs> he doesn't have the numbers right now. So we'll see. But so big week Braves are still, uh, man, it's funny when you get, when you get a certain, when you build a certain amount of respect in the industry, it's like people will look past a blip rather than if you're building up for the bottom and you move up to like, you know, 10th in the, in these power rankings that people have, then you get swept by the Astros. You might drop five spots. Braves get swept by the Astros and they're still like number two in these power rankings. People know yeah. that they're a power. I mean, they're, and they they're should so, be so established right now. Yeah. With the pitching they've got and everything they're, they're uh, in the lineup they've got. 
So we'll see. It's going to be I, – I fully expect Olsen and uh, Riley both to, blow, to break out of these slumps real soon. Uh, Olsen's been pretty ugly with the strikeouts, but still got great numbers because when he, when he doesn't strike out, he does some damage. Crush the ball. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it, everybody. 755 is real. And we'll be back late in the week from uh, from here or from New York. Either one. We'll do we'll do one of the two. Probably here Thursday. Thanks. We appreciate it.